maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post Senate act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Welcome. On this episode of Awesome Etiquette, we answered your questions on thanking someone for a cash gift, finding a coworker on Tinder, how to not invite the in-laws, getting your gift basket back, and how to send a wedding gift without inducing guilt. All that plus a postscript segment on serving and enjoying wine at your party. Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and is proud to be part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning from the Emily Post Institute. I got an interesting one for this morning. All righty. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I I spent a little bit of time with my dear friend Jenny a, a few weeks back and um, really exciting to get to see her. She's someone I grew up with. She moved away. She came back. But it reminded me of this conversation that Jenny and I had. And I think it's debatable etiquette. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of bailing on something you've committed to because you're not feeling up to it or you're in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. How? At what point is it okay to say, I'm not going to be good for this party or this event or this team thing and say, I need to leave or I, I'm just not going to show up? And at what point do you need to, you know, what is it? Pick up your bootstraps and, and you know, Get put on a door. happy face and do it. You know, have fun. What do you think? We, we so often give the invite that once you've accepted an invitation, once you've made a commitment, you follow through. Yeah. And that's absolutely the rule. That's I, I think people are counting on you. And as you and I know, that's the, the baseline that we have to operate from good etiquette at the same time one of our themes is you have to know the rules to know when and how to break them and i remember being a young person before i was an etiquette professional and i was um really proud of my ability to be independent socially Mm -hmm. and if something wasn't appealing to me i didn't want to go i felt really comfortable saying oh i'd rather do something myself big new year's party i'd rather not go to new year's party i'd rather spend this new year's myself but had you committed to the new year's party already well it's a new year's party there's a general invitation no okay so (laughs) there there was no specific exactly so i think there's a little bit of play here but the question of when is it okay to bail when do your needs when does taking care of yourself when does a change in your circumstances allow for the the backing out of the bailing. Some friends will do it like when they just aren't feel. oh, I'm tired, so I don't want to go. And it's like, well, should you, is the party going to pick you up and you've made this commitment and you should really do this? And, And, you know, kind of like one of those things we learn as adults is, you know, when you're committed, you find ways to change your own attitude, to bring it forth, to make it work. Put on your game face. Yeah, exactly. Or when is it like, no, you really are too tired. You really are too crummy mood. Like whatever. It, what's where's so, the line? I, 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 so I, I think we've got it at the right place. The you line is you go once you've committed. That's the no. that's the deal. And and you tip towards the side of you make the effort. OK. And you recognize that there's going to be a social consequence if you don't. There's nothing about Ooh, like, I like that. it's the classic. The etiquette police aren't going to come take you away if you fail to show up at the next friend gathering. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Those friends are going to start to have a, um, an awareness of you as someone who bails, as someone who can't be counted on to show up. And ultimately, there is a social cost to that you are breaking the etiquette rules. These are these these gray area infractions that just one of them you can probably get away with, but they start to accrue and add up over time. And they become part of your reputation, part of your social profile. Well, and it depends on what you – I mean you bail on like casual last-minute game day party, no 
big thing, about. but you bail on like, you know, a charity event you committed to or you bail on someone's engagement party or you bail on a team commitment. Team, I'm thinking of those instances where there's someone in your social circle who maybe you, you owe a little bit. <laughs> they, they've, there's a chit or two in the bank where it's really your turn. To, oh, where it's your turn to be good to them and really show up for them and be there for them. I get what you're talking exactly. about Exactly. So sometimes there's a – interpersonally, there's a, a, a keeping track it's of – It's like, oh, I really got to be there for you her. You oftentimes so I know when it's that this. time okay, and like it's time it. to show up. And I think there are oh, times – It's a good friendship litmus test, isn't it? It is. And I think it's – I also like the way that you were approaching it of, you know, sometimes you go and you let the <laughs> event, you let the social yeah. group help you – Get up. I tell you, <laughs> the, number, up, yeah. the number of times where in golf or we're getting together with the girls. Yoga class. Yoga class, something like that where I've just – my head's not in it. I'm, it's been a tough day, <laughs> tough day at the etiquette office. Um, they happen. <laughs> um, it's, but it's a tough day and you're just you, – you're like, I don't want to go. I just want to go curl up with, you know, my TV shows, my Netflix and my doggy. Oh, sounds and so nice. It sounds so nice. <laughs> but you're just like, you know, go. And yeah. nine times out of ten. I tell you, it makes makes for a better day just to carry through. Yeah. I remember on the soccer team, let's say I was feeling really sick or, you know, you have that small injury. You don't go home, you know, or maybe your head's not in the game that day. I can remember days where I, I just, man, I was whiffing shots, everything. But I stayed to at least cheer my team on. Yep. And that alone made me feel more committed, made me feel like I was doing something right in that moment, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's not always the case. Sometimes you really do. Need, it's time to remove yourself. And I'll, and I'll wrap up with an etiquette yeah. thought, which is that if if it is that, and, and I understand that, if, if you just don't have the energy, you just can't do it. Yeah. And, and let's face it, the plans weren't so concrete that it's not a huge bail, <laughs> that it's a minor bail. It's a yeah. little one to back out. That you let people know. That yeah. you call, that you you do the thing, you acknowledge that you're breaking a little etiquette Make rule, whatever apology. level of commitment you've made, if you're stepping back from it, and, and at least, you know, let, let someone know. I'm not going to be there. Be a good communicator. If an apology is owed, offer it. Do it quickly. Do it with ease. And I like it. The think, etiquette of bailing. Good topic. I dig it. Should we get to some questions? I think we should. Perhaps you can help me with a problem. I'd like your advice, Jim. My advice? Yes, I've got quite a serious problem. Every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. And today, our first question is about cash gifts and whether or not you say thank you for cash. I gave my great niece $100 cash and a beautiful card for her wedding. She sent me a note thanking me for the beautiful card, but did not mention the $100 cash. I asked her mother about this, and she told me that nowadays young people don't say thank you for money. Is this correct? Anonymous. What do you think? I was going to bounce this question back to you because I haven't personally heard this. You've never – okay, well, just think about it. If no one thanked you for the check you gave them, wouldn't you ask I would thank them it? for the nice gift. I might not mention the cash amount. What I was thinking here was I'd, I, I'd thank them for the gift. But would you thank them for the money? Because otherwise, what if um, 
Like we've heard of the situation where money disappears from money disappears from the envelope, and yeah. it's magic how that money does that. Um, but that's one where it's. I think it's really important in the thank you to acknowledge the cash in some way. Thank you so much for your your generous gift. It, that and you was might the language you, I right, was you might say gift as opposed to cash, but I don't think it's crass to say thanks so much for the one hundred dollars. We can't wait to use it. For the La Crusette thing or the candlesticks we wanted or the whatever. In your voice, that sounds perfectly reasonable yeah. to me also. I, I certainly wouldn't say that. You don't acknowledge Exactly. It. Or that I've heard that this is a new trend that you don't this is acknowledge not a cash gift. And no. I wanted, I didn't want to walk out there by myself, but I'm on the, the plank good with company you, of Lizzie Post. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. We we would like to say that no, no matter what is in that card, no matter what amount is in that card, it's really important to recognize the that cash was given. And even if you say it, you know, thank you for the beautiful card and the the cash gift, gift or the or... generous gift, whatever it is, something that allows people to know that it was more than just the card. That way they know that the $100 wasn't lost. In this particular case, I would call the niece up and say, hey, I just got your thank you card. I was so happy. I wanted to make sure that you did receive the cash that was in there. <laughs> and I think that's perfectly appropriate. You want to make sure they got what you had given them. Thanks for the question. We hope that helps. Awesome. Etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? <laughs> StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. <laughs> After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Our next question is to swipe or not to swipe. Dear Lizzie and Dan, I really enjoy listening to Awesome Etiquette, and I wanted to thank both of you for the wonderful etiquette advice each week. I recently started online dating and found myself in an awkward position. As I was going through dating profiles, I came upon one of my coworkers' dating profile. I respect this coworker professionally, and I'm not interested in dating him outside of work. However, I think it might be rude to swipe left and reject his dating profile. 
At the same time, I feel uncomfortable if swiping right to accept his profile, I don't want him to think that I'm interested in him romantically. What should I do in terms of dealing with my coworker's dating profile? Should I even bring it up to him at the office? Thank you so much in advance for the advice. Sincerely, trying to date, but not at the office. <laughs> I like that one. And this is this is clear on one of those apps where you're swiping left and right to say yes. And yeah. but it um the the question to me is I'm not sure if in I haven't used this particular app, so I don't know if you have to swipe in order to find the next profile, if you can just hit skip. I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. Does so, it, is it a – do you need to reject or accept? And I, I don't think I don't necessarily think so. – and we oftentimes give very similar advice around friend requests that you're not interested in on Facebook. Right. That you don't necessarily need to actively ignore or reject the friend request. You can sometimes just let it be. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to state right off the bat is I like your general policy of being really careful about romantic relationships in the workplace. I think you smart. are so smart. I'm not saying that these types of relationships are inappropriate or shouldn't happen. I'm My just, sister married her coworker. She sure did. <laughs> the, 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 but that you handle those relationships with extra care, yes. with really thoughtful integrity, I think is, right. is important. What do you think about just bringing it up with the coworker and letting the coworker know that you know he's on the site and you're on the site? I don't know what you should do in that situation. I think if you were casual socially with this person already, if it oh. was something where you oh, were like you yeah. know, in, in casual, comfortable conversation. You talk like, about dating. You talk about your life. You know, yeah. I would never date someone at the office, but I noticed so-and-so out or, or – <laughs> <laughs> or talk right if, if the topic was dating that particular day. Right. Uh, and, and you could always, with a little bit of humor, a little bit of good nature, acknowledge as part of that conversation that the two of you wouldn't date. Maybe that's just a policy that you have, something like that. You can also always state that you are on the site. You well, know, ex- exactly. and it's like you don't have to acknowledge that they're on the site, but you can say, oh, you know, I just joined XYZ site and I'm going through it and and it might give them a chance to bring it up or not bring it up and that might give you a clue as to where they're at with it. Mm -hmm. You know. Again, if it came up casually, if it was someone I saw otherwise, I might mention it. (laughs) If I was in just private conversation with her. Oh, I saw your profile the other day. Didn't (laughs) didn't want to swipe you into reject because I didn't want to give you that message, but I'm not interested in dating when I'm at the office. If there's anything else that you want to say at that moment, uh, maybe you'd prefer their discretion talking about your profile. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just laughing at the thought of like before it's even a question as to whether or not this person would be interested. You're telling them, I don't want to date anybody at the office. It's like – Yeah, that might be going too far. I think so too. I was – Again, I know. I'm I know not as you're, good. you're so much better with casual Shush, than I am. Stop! <laughs> you're not. You're great at it. It's just fun. I just imagined the scenario in my head, and I was like, oh. Because well, that's so where that person would be like, oh, well, I wasn't interested in dating you anyway. And that's where exactly. you're like, oh, that's what the rom-com no. would have you do, you know? And I think you're smart there, too. As it starts to sound awkward, yeah. I think you're right. I wouldn't search the person out to tell them I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, By the way. I happen to notice your profile somewhere. And I just wanted to be sure you know. Don't <laughs> swipe right for me, okay? <laughs> no. Um, But so – in other words, as Dan's been saying, you should uh, – if this is someone that you would talk to about this sort of thing anyway, then it's fine to bring it up or it's fine to make it known no that you are on the site. no reason to be embarrassed or awkward. If there is an option to skip, I would do that. If you absolutely have to reject or accept, I think you should go with what it is that you feel towards this person because I'm pretty sure it continues to feed you based on whether you're accepting or rejecting people. So hmm. – 
you know, just run with it. And if you want to explain it to them and just say, hey, just want to let you know you, you came up on here and I swiped left because, you know, I really want to try to keep work and private separate. We hope that helps. And we <laughs> applaud your effort to, to take yes. care with your relationships. And we work. hope you find someone that you have a lot of fun with. Our next question is titled, we're all family here, just not this holiday. Dear Lizzie and Daniel, I have a dilemma. My husband and I are hosting my side of the family, my parents, two siblings, spouses of both siblings, and possibly two dogs, (laughs) to our home for Thanksgiving this year. Because my younger brother and his wife both work in healthcare, the only time all of us are available to sit down together for a meal is the weekend before Thanksgiving. Due to time and distance, this will most likely be the only time I spend with my parents and brothers until 2016. All it's coming are, quickly. It is. It's sooner than you'd imagine. All of them are coming from out of town. My dilemma is that my husband's entire immediate family lives 40 miles away. My instinct is that they live close enough that it would be inappropriate to exclude them from this meal, and inviting them is the decent thing to do. And while it is my family's holiday gathering, it is not actually on a holiday. However, my husband's family has a tendency to take over. I would prefer to invite them over another time so I could relax and enjoy the company of my siblings instead of feeling like I had to be on my guard constantly. But is this appropriate? While my husband would love to have his family too, he is okay with excluding them for this particular dinner. Thank you for your show and the kindness and wisdom you provide. Sincerely, Jen. Jen with two N's. I have lots of friends who are Jen with two N's. I like it. I am, I'm going to make quick work of this question. I Ready? think that's a good, quick, easy answer. We're going to go right through it. Number one, it is perfectly appropriate to have a holiday event like this. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter whether your relative, your husband's relatives live in the same town or whether they're three hours away. Or on the same block. <laughs> you can throw this party with your family with no guilt. Don't worry about inviting them. It's not. This is one of those things where I think you start... You start worrying too much and you forget that it's really easy and it's really appropriate. It's really okay to simply throw that party. It's your side of the family. It's the weekend before because that's when you could do it and you wanted to keep it small and simple. Boom, boom, boom. I love the fact that her husband's totally okay with it. Yeah. There's no problem. There's, there's extra no there's problem. Like triple extra no problem here. And so, Jen, I think you should throw this party. Don't worry about it all. If you want to do big Thanksgiving with his family— Go for it. Do that on Thanksgiving Day or do it the weekend after Thanksgiving. But I say you go right ahead and have this. And if any of his family says, oh, what are you doing the weekend before? He can simply tell them Jen's family is going to come because it's the only chance we're going to get to see him. And we just wanted a, a nice, simple meal with them, you know, the weekend before. But we'd love to have you guys over the following weekend. We'd love to get together at Christmas, whatever it is. It's going to be great. There will be lots of opportunities to build relationships with your husband's family exactly. down the road. Exactly. And you know what? what tons of families do this yep. tons of families split up holidays they they save time for each other so that they can have that kind of intimate this side of the family that side of the family for all the reasons in the question exactly and other events you can have everybody there so i say don't worry about it enjoy your meal enjoy your family and have a fabulous pre-thanksgiving thanksgiving our next question is one that I love because I have seen it in TV shows. I've experienced it on my own. It is just a classic, and it's short and sweet. Gift basket? Basket, not a gift. Please advise how to ask for dishes and basket back after food and flowers were given to new neighbors. It's been two weeks. Thank you. 
call them and ask them for <laughs> your casserole dish and flour vase vac. <laughs> totally. I find it twofold. One, you can absolutely go say, you know, oh, hey, I was just looking to be able to use that vase this weekend. I was hoping I could get it back. Mm-hmm. That's all. Like, go at friendly, light, simple, easy as if it's no big deal. And they're going to feel like it's no big deal. The other thing that I do when I'm giving people things like this that I'm not giving as a gift I write my name on the say, bottom. I know what you're going to say. Post trick. <laughs> <laughs> write your name on the bottom. And name, just, phone number, whatever yeah. makes it easy for your host. Some people do things when they drop it off. They say, oh, you know, let me know when you're through with it and I'll come and grab the basket back. Um, I remember an episode of, of old show, Desperate Housewives. It's like one of the very first episodes where, where the kind of the really uptight one, the one that's like all regimented and everything, she hands over this huge, beautiful basket of muffins and says, oh, and before she lets go of the handle of the basket, she says, you'll be so kind as to return the basket when you're through, won't you? <laughs> and it's just like so gross. So don't do that. Keep it simple. Just, you know, oh, let me know when you're through and I'll come pick the basket up or you know, put your name on the bottom. That's the easiest way for people to know that it's going to be returned to you. This question begins. Hi, Lizzie and Daniel. I'm at an age where a lot of my friends are getting married, which is great. I love weddings. Of course, sometimes I have friends who get married and I'm not invited, which I don't mind because most brides and grooms can't invite everyone they'd like to to a wedding. Everyone take note of that really good attitude about not getting invited to a wedding. (laughs) I I love our listener. (laughs) In those instances, I have sometimes sent a small gift from the registry, not more than $25 or so. I feel like I hear my mother's voice in my ear encouraging me to celebrate a couple, and I've only done this three or so times that I can remember, so it's not like I'm really putting myself out financially. Unfortunately, it tends to make the newlyweds feel really bad. I've gotten very heartfelt apologies in the past, which were gracious but totally unnecessary. Is there a way to do this that A, doesn't make the couple think I'm angling for a last-minute invite, and B, doesn't make anyone feel bad? Thanks. I think it's all in your attitude. And I think this person has a lovely attitude. So it might be the kind of thing where maybe I'd actually wait until after the wedding to, and I might, if it's possible, if they're in my area, I would bring the gift by and say, I was just so happy for you guys. I wanted to get you this little thing off your registry just so that, you know, you have something for me because I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And, you know, they're probably going to say, oh, we wish you, we could have invited you. And you say, don't worry. I always do the, don't worry about it. Wedding lists, guest lists are so difficult. Yeah. I'm just really happy that I got to see the pictures. Like, just that positive, everything that you write is so positive and genuine. Genuine that this isn't, you know, it's it's not backhanded, it's not passive aggressive. So I think that you're in a good stead here. The whole tone of this question, I I, I just applaud. It. It's remarkable, and and I couldn't agree more. I like your idea of being sure that the timing might help the remove timing just help. a little bit of that confusion. It's a really nice idea. I think to wait till after the wedding. You might have done that already, and you might still get this kind of reply. Yeah. Also, I would say don't overread um, someone's effusive thank you. I received a few of these gifts myself, and. I was so touched and moved. I could hear your mother's voice behind them. I could hear these very thoughtful people just wanting to share in in something special. And it made me really want to thank those people effusively. And I would say receive it and and enjoy it and know that you made someone feel really good. I also think it's one of those things where if if you call the person or something like that and you're you're talking about it on the phone, that sort of thing, it's sometimes this is one of those things where it's it is almost easier in person or over the phone to hear how someone's positive and not um, not yeah. affected by it or not trying to do this passive aggressively. Whereas some every now and again in a letter or an email or something like that, if you're sending a gift that way, 
it just might be harder to read it as totally positive and genuine. Although, yeah. by the way they've written this question, I think our listener, you might really be able to write it in that way. So I say encourage you. Encourage you to do that. You know, you don't have to say, don't worry, I'm not angling for an invite. Don't do that. Yeah. But, you know, I think you just say, you know, I'm so happy you guys are doing this and I think it'll be wonderful and I can't wait to celebrate with you afterwards. That might be a way in your notes to them to really let them know that it's totally, totally okay. So we'll finish off by just applauding you. Bravo, good friend. Keep it up. Love of love, now that's a what you are. No one in particular, that's your line. Joe, Jack, Jim, Matt, just anyone will suit you. to everyone for sending in your questions and remember we love updates if we answered your question on the show or if you have a comment about one of our questions please feel free to send it in you can also submit your question to awesome etiquette at emilypost.com leave a message for us on our answering machine at 802-866-0860 or send it in via facebook or twitter just remember to use the hashtag awesome etiquette so that we know you want it on the show will be I'm going to serve today's postscript to my cousin Lizzie. <laughs> okay. We are, you're so cheesy. Oh, and it goes with wine. Oh, but a bum. Double. All right. That was a horrible pun, and I love it. Horrible pun on top of a horrible pun. So our postscript today is on serving and enjoying wine, and we will try to keep the cheese out of it. Did you try the second red last night by any chance? I didn't drink last night. Ah. Uh, the second red was yummy. <laughs> we are in the middle of our Train the Trainer week, and we had our opening cocktail party last night, and we did it at a restaurant in Burlington called Pescolo. And it was really lovely, and everyone had a great time. But I just – I try as much as I can to stay a- away from drinks on work weeks where I have to then be up early in the morning Recording to run. Podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I try to follow our, our, our one drink or completely abstain rule. But it was – I'm glad they were really good because I wanted our trainees and yeah. our presenters to have good wine. <laughs> so getting to wine, our wonderful book that my sister Anna and I co-wrote is called Great Get-Togethers. And it's an entertaining book. And on page 133, we have a lovely little box called Serving and Enjoying Wine. And I thought that it was great advice – Aside from one typo, which I will tell you about because it was really funny when I read it, um, but I double-checked it with my mother who was like, oh, my gosh. It was great to hear her just be like, whoa. So we'll get to that in a minute. But um, let's start out with with when you are serving wine at one of your parties, you really want to set glasses for each wine to be served so that if you are having separate wines, um, and usually we're meaning a red versus a white or a rosé or um, a champagne versus, versus a red, something like that. You really want those to be in separate glasses. If you're having reds and reds and reds, then I wouldn't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, If you're having several wines, serve the whites before the reds and the dries before the sweet. 
you want to fill the glasses to the widest part of the bowl of the glass because this is going to allow the wine to breathe. It gives it the most surface area to connect with the air. Ah, science. It, yeah, it creates <laughs> the large surface area that really gets the most amount of air through it. Um, during the dinner, and this is where our lovely typo came in, It's the book says, Head at dinner, plan on one bottle per person. I picked up the phone and called my mom. I was like, Mom, how did we write this in the book? One bottle per person? Very generous. And she said, no, no, no. It should be about like half a bottle. You usually get four glasses, four big glasses out of a bottle. So, you know, half a bottle or two glasses per person is what you should plan on. So apologies to anyone who has our book and has been following that advice and have their friends sleeping on the couch more often than not. Um, but you do want to adjust according to your knowledge of your guests. Maybe your guests don't don't drink a whole lot. Maybe they're just more no. tasters than they are drinkers. Um, or maybe they are one bottle per person kind of guests. Uh, you can also use a decanter to let your wine breathe. Um, you want to pour the wine into the decanter, which is it's a it's a vessel with a large bowl and a narrow neck. And that large bowl, just like the bowl of the glass, it allows for the largest surface area to expose the wine to the air, let it breathe, and all those wonderful full flavors get to be released. What did your father talk about? Decanters. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they're really beautiful. I mean, you can see, you know, a lot of wine bottles, especially, you know, red wine bottles are really dark. So you don't get to see that beautiful red color if it's sitting on the table. A decanter Ooh. really brings a pop of color to the table, I feel like. And, you know, even if you're drinking away, it's it's just it's they're really nice. Hmm. Uh, wine should be finished within a day or two of opening. You know, otherwise you want to use that leftover wine for cooking, which is great. That's something that in my household we grew up doing all the time. It was really great because it just added more flavor to what we were cooking the next night, and I loved that. Um, the same oxidation that will develop the wine's flavor, it's also going to cause it to deteriorate over time. So after those one or two days, it's just not going to last unless you use something like a vacuum pump, um, which it actually truly does extend Works. the Drinkability of the wine—they really do work. Um, and when you're when you're not drinking your wine, if you're like my parents who have a wonderful subscription to like some kind of wine <laughs> club or something like that, and you have a lot of wine that you're storing, you want to keep it in a cool, dark place, and you want to store it on its side if you can. So we hope that that helps. We hope that you'll experiment with serving many different wines. I'm a big champagne fr- fan myself, but um, I would I would suggest that you you get into serving wine and, and experimenting with serving wine at your parties, and I hope that you enjoy. You hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know? Thank you for that little tour. It's a great (laughs) get-together. I love that book. (laughs) You know, for a book that sold as little as it did, it's a really good book. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> no, well, that's pretty funny. Um, no, but it was really hard having a book that was for entertaining in the middle of a recession. So it, it was a tough time to have a book like that hit the market, but it does have some really fantastic entertaining advice in it. So definitely we'll find, keep find it on the nuggets. <laughs> find it on Amazon. How about our etiquette salute today, Dan? I'd love to take us out. Dear Lizzie and Dan, I witnessed an unexpected act of kindness last week and would like to share it. 
Thank you so much. This is just what the etiquette salutes exactly are for. Exactly what it is. I was riding on a Boston MBTA bus during morning rush hour. At one stop, a young woman student got on and attempted to insert paper money into the fare box. This marked her as a newbie to our transit system. Since, while the fare box does grudgingly and with difficulty take paper bills, it does not give change. Anyone who uses the transit service regularly knows that you should either buy a temporary paper magnetic strip ticket or get a free reloadable debit type fare card. My salute is to the bus driver. After helping the young woman to load in $3 bills, he took the time to explain the electronic system to her, then pulled out a new fare card, used it to load her change value, gave it to her and explained that she should ask other bus drivers to reload her card when she had a 5 or a $10 bill so that she could take advantage of the lower fare. I've been riding this transit system for over 40 years, but I did not know that these fare cards could be reloaded on a bus versus at dedicated machines in the subway stations, and I have never seen a bus driver cheerfully take the time to explain the system like this. After last winter's storms, many people have been angry about the poor state of our transit system and its employees, so I'm pleased to be able to salute one of its members trying to make the system work better for riders. Sincerely, Betty. Oh, that's so wonderful. Thank you for the salute, Betty. And thank you to the Boston MBTA for all of your good work. I know the winter is coming. We will all get through it together. So you know how on occasion people write in about um, maybe famous people or celebrities that they know. And we recently had someone write in for um, for Nick Rolden, the, the U.S. polo player. Yes. Who and how he was such a gentleman, you know, in all aspects of his life and everything. He actually heard the episode. Oh, someone pointed phenomenal. it out to him and he wrote to us on Facebook and said thanks for the shout out. So Aww. I just thought, you know, proven once again he's a great guy. He reaches out to our show and that, that just I thought that was pretty darn classy. Oh, so I love it. It's great. We hope that more uh, salutes are going to keep coming in because they've just they brighten everybody's day. Hey gang, let me show you something. It's the hottest thing and it's on its way to the top. Step up front. You dig? Get down with the bus stop. May I have your head, please? Well, that's our show for today. As always, thank you for listening and spending some of your day with us. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And don't forget, there's no show without you. So send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, and your suggestions to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. If you like what you hear, don't be shy. Tweet it, Facebook, post it. And of course, you can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. On Facebook, we're the Emily Post Institute. And we are Awesome Etiquette. On Twitter, I'm at Lizzie A. Post. And I'm at Daniel underscore Post. Or you can visit our website at emilypost.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner. Our show is produced by the indomitable Hans Buto. We got the bus Thank you.